International Orienteering Podcast Mapping Compass Navigation Skill Orienteering Competition like International Orienteering Podcast Really warm welcome to International Orienteering Podcast um, uh, This week uh, we have a really stuffed sausage as we would say in Norway It's uh, been uh, racing uh, all over Europe um, with Swedish league and uh, uh, also was selection races for Sweden and um, uh, selection races uh, in Norway also for the World Cup. Uh, and I think we've got some uh, spring feelings also in the weather up in uh, Norway. How are you feelings now, Ivo? Yeah, I was also running the races in Norway this weekend and I must say that the uh, during the races on Saturday and Sunday, I didn't feel that much of a spring feeling. Uh, it was, you know, cold, five degrees, a bit windy. The marshes were really wet and cold. And But yeah, today it's uh, a warm day in Oslo. So it's uh, now really spring feeling also here, yes. And there was uh, some uh, runners who uh, uh, did great performances, who uh, was uh, really warming also. And... Uh, some really good racing. Uh, we will um, uh, get into that uh, later. But uh, I think we can start with some uh, news uh, from the orienteering world or from IOF. Um, uh, last week, uh, IOF um, sent an open letter to IOC regarding, uh, regarding Russian athletes. Um, and in this uh, letter, uh, the International Orienteering Federation has deci- decided to stand by a decision not to make any neutral team for Russian and Belarusian athletes in line with the latest International Olympic Committee's recommendations. Um, so uh, IOF um, is quite clear that uh, there will be no neutral, neutral team uh, in orienteering uh, or what they, their meaning is in that issue. Uh, what do you think about this? I think it's a good stand from the IOF to be firm about this. Uh, we know that the IOC is, yeah, there's a lot of debate about these things uh, in the bigger media, about the bigger sports in the Olympics. And But yeah, uh, I think uh, as far, as long as there is a direct war uh, from Russia to against Ukraine, there is uh, no, no need to welcome them back in the sport yet. Uh, the talk in town uh, about uh, the... Uh, sports politicians uh, in Norway, at least, is that um, uh, IOF was the first um, international organization who uh, took this uh, decision to keep, um, yeah, the the Russian regime athletes uh, away from sport, and uh, they think that's because of uh, there there is an Estonian president uh, in the IOF. Uh, we, uh, yeah, that's only speculations, but uh, uh, I, I think it's good that uh, orienteering has such a rumor. Yeah, and it's also it's easier for a federation as the orienteering federation to do this because we are a much smaller sport. We are not Olympic, uh, and therefore it's uh, it's not that much pressure uh, from the outside world. Uh, but hopefully. Other federations, uh, about other sports federations, they will look to look to orienteering and follow by. Um, yeah, I hope so too. And um, there is um, from um, these uh, politicians, uh, 
to some other IOF um, decision. Uh, it's about the team to be shown on the IOF television for the next uh, three years. Um, um, so the, this uh, traditional Swedish orienteering relay will um, uh, be been broadcasting to an international audience. Uh, yeah, uh, f- uh, from this year uh, until uh, at least uh, 2025. Um, this will be uh, in English and hopefully also in Finnish at the uh, IOF's brand new uh, streaming platform, IOF Television. Uh, this uh, the new streaming platform will be um, debuting quite soon. Uh, I I think this uh, yeah is uh, it's not a big surprise, but uh, it's good to see that they're uh, doing this and broadcast Umila in this way. Yeah, it's been an international feed for quite some years now, and uh, I think that's really really good because uh, yeah the the Swedish commentators is really good for people that understand Swedish, but the, the bigger part of the European world is uh, non-Swedish speaking and therefore to have the options to have yeah, easy accessible English stream uh, with the English commentators, that's really, really good. Um, from uh, commentators at Umila, we can uh, uh, look take a look at uh, some selections uh, uh, already for uh, Jaywalk, uh, this um, summer in Romania uh, it will be jaywalk early July and uh, uh, the countries uh, down under uh, Australia and New Zealand has uh, selected a uh, junior teams already uh, is there something uh, yeah uh, uh, spectacular or uh, anything about this team uh, what do you think about the teams uh, Ivo yeah uh, it's now it's less than three months to uh, to to jaywalk in Romania and so in the coming months we will see a lot more of the jaywalk selections but I think the Australians and the New Zealand team is the first one um, and I think uh, yeah if you're looking at Australia uh, they last year they had a guy that was in the top 30 in one of the individual races uh, and the ones that are still junior age this year uh, among the men it was Sam Woolford he was the best at jaywalk last year he was around 60 and in the girls' side, there was uh, two of the girls that were in top 50. And now they have one more year. So maybe a top 30 spot can be possible for 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 um, for the Australian athletes. And I think maybe the New Zealand team is a bit stronger. Uh, now I'm not quite sure what the name is. I'm mixing up a few ride- runners here. But there was one guy that was doing really well at Jaywalk last year. Um, but uh, I don't know his name now. Uh, do you have? Can you help me here? Uh, no, the guy, with, the guy with the guy with long hair. Uh, I don't uh, remember uh, actually. Uh, but but um, from um, a Nordic perspective, uh, we are. Uh, uh, doing um, it. Yeah, I got it now. So Sefa Favea, he was in the top twenty last year, and he's still a junior this year. So. I think him from the New Zealand men team, and then Kaya Jorgensen maybe is the front, and of course Penelope Salmon, the strong sprint runner. So I think the yeah, while the Australians maybe should be happy with the top thirty spot, I think the New Zealand guys, guys and girls they can fight for top ten actually. Uh, so it would be really interesting to see what they can do in the summer. 
Yeah, we thought, talked about it earlier that uh, Kaya Jorgensen is the daughter of uh, a really strong uh, runner from Denmark, uh, Karsten Jorgensen, with a real characteristic uh, running style and uh, really fast legs. And uh, there is also a reserve in the Australian team that is uh, a Norwegian, uh, uh, has a Norwegian father at least, uh, Oscar Mella. He's... Uh, he is the, from uh, Lillemarka born. Uh, uh, so there's some Nordic uh, Nordic uh, contributions, you could say, to these um, teams. Uh, but um, uh, from junior selections, we have the France selections to the World Cup also. Um, uh, they have selected 16 um, athletes to um, the World Cup uh, in Norway. Um yeah, uh, you have uh, looked at the team. Uh, what can we expect from the France team? Uh, they have many good runners. And uh, is it possible for them to uh, take podium positions? I think they have a very strong team. Uh, especially on the men's side with uh, Luca Basset and Mathieu Perrin in the front. Uh, they have been performing very well internationally. Lucas for many, many years and Mathieu especially the last few years. Uh, both of them are strong, strong contenders for a top 10, at least in the individual races. And it will not be a surprise if one of them steps up on the on the podium either. Uh, and also, they have quite a lot of young runners that is yeah, very interesting in a long-term uh, development. You know, you have Basil Basia, the cousin of Lucas, the former junior world champion. Uh, another young one is Guillaume Elias that is I think he's been living in Halden the last year so he should be familiar with the terrain uh, and some other very interesting runners like Quentin Moulet and so on uh, so I think the French men's team is really really interesting and really strong uh, all of the selected runners are really really good orienteers uh, among the women there is uh, yeah, maybe some bigger differences but we know that uh, Isia Basse Cecil Calandri, they are they are really really competitive on good days, so it it's probably not the best terrain for them, but uh, I think they, I still think they will do I would they will do pretty well. Uh, we know uh, that um, France orienteering has uh, have had a lot of success uh, since uh, Thierry uh, started taking his medals, but uh, do you know who was the first runner who win to win a World Cup race from uh, France? First France, uh, the first Frenchman to win a World Cup race. Yeah, no idea. Uh, Damien Renault was the first. It was a sprint in a Matera, the Italian uh, tricky sprint. So that's a shout out uh, to the no uh, Norwegian uh, uh, coach for the national team in Norway. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, we will see if there could be any more uh, success. Uh, and uh, maybe also podium positions for France uh, in uh, less than two weeks in Norway. Uh, and um, we also have some updates from uh, orienteering in, in Georgia. Um, we had an episode. I, w- yeah. I was thinking that we skip this and we take that in the last part. Uh, save it for the hot and not, you know. Yeah, okay. That's, that's a good one. So you beat me to this so, one. So, so uh, yeah, but then it's uh, up to racing. And there, there was a uh, race um, in... Uh, in the Czech Republic also, uh, they uh, selected their uh, teams for the World Cup um, uh, in front of last episode. So this week it was uh, night champs and a Czech Cup race. And uh, 
in the I think we should um, uh, begin with the men's class in the night race because there was a incredibly uh, victory for um, Thomas Krivda. Yeah, this is really, uh, really something to yeah. I mean, really something to look out for uh, because he won, he won the the night champs with eight minutes ahead of Milos Nikodim, and Daniel Vandas in third place was ten minutes behind. And this was on a race with a winning time of only sixty minutes. So, yeah, probably it was not very very high level performance by the guys behind him, but uh, from Thomas Krivda, it's really. Yeah, really a, a sign that he is uh, on to something big this year, I think. Yeah, it looks, uh, yeah, he looks really strong and, uh, yeah, has shown really good shape. Uh, and in the women's class here, it was a bit tighter among the best. Yeah, a bit tighter and uh, Barbara Shalupskova, she took the victory about a minute ahead of Barbara Mateshkova. Uh, I think Barbara Mateshkova, she will be in the, she's in the, in the team that is selected for the, the World Cup, while Shalupska is not in that team. Uh, so, yeah, but, yeah, we know that the night orienteering women, they are not always prioritizing, which it may which make sense as they are not competing in the relays in the night so far. Uh, but it's always, uh, it's always important to win championship uh, titles. Yeah, that's a big um, prestige. Um... And uh, we can also mention it, um, it was uh, Clara Junior winners uh, with uh, two strong runners, uh, Jakub Shalupski and uh, Anna Kalova. Uh, they're, um, yeah, I will um, <laughs> expect them to be running quite good uh, um, in JWOC this summer also. Yeah, I expect us to talk a lot about them uh, in, the, in the episodes prior and after JWOC in the summer. Uh, but we can also mention uh, there was a checkup race um, uh, on Sunday uh, uh, where it was uh, yeah quite a lot uh, tighter in both uh, uh, classes. Uh, senior. Yeah, so um, it was middle distance race, and in the women's class, uh, Denisa Kosova she won ahead of the younger runner Jana Petrova. Uh, in the men's class, it was a to me, a big, big surprise winner, uh, Christoph Hajek, uh, was half a minute faster than Milos Nikodim. And Christoph Hajek is, yeah, I don't know much about him, but... Sorry. Um, but he is a young, young, young runner. Uh, I don't think he's been running Jaywalk or anything like that, but he's been... Yeah, I've, I've seen some results from him running for the Swedish club Tullinge. Uh, and I mean, when you're beating Milos Nikodim with half a minute and... It's more than three minutes down to number three. That's uh, that's really interesting result. Yeah, that's uh, uh, that's quite good. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, there can be um, yeah uh, after a night race, it could be some uh, yeah, uh, it could be tough to race again and yeah, so on. Yeah, and of course Thomas Krivda was not running, so it's hard to see. I mean, maybe he would have been running and be five minutes ahead of them. We don't. It's hard to know how good the race of Hajek and Nikodim really was. Um, but we can um, suspect that um, Anaisa Bell Toledo uh, ran quite good in the Spanish champs. Uh, she was in uh, camp with uh, Team Emmet um, in Norway and then she uh, traveled back um, for the weekend to run uh, Spanish champs and she was a clear winner in the long distance there. Yeah, no big surprise there. She was winning with almost seven minutes ahead of Ona Rapols. Uh, 
there was this uh, the other young Spanish girl that is really really good, uh, Nerea Gonzalez. Uh, she had a, she finished actually at a faster time than Ana Isabella Toledo, but it looked like she had a mispunch. Uh, but Ana Isabel Toledo is in general the best Spanish girl, so no surprise that she is winning, and it's no surprise that she is winning with big margin. And it will be really interesting to see if, yeah, uh, the training camp with Team Emmet can help her to be competitive at the Forest races in the in the World Cup next weekend. And um, there we also will uh, will see the man um, man's winner in the. Yeah, no surprise there either. Alvaro Casado, he won with more than five minutes uh, ahead of Luis Nogueira and then with Paul Lorenz uh, in third place. So quite interesting here with uh, Luis uh, that we talked about in, uh, was it last week or the week before when the Spanish selection came for World, uh, World Cup in Ostfall? So Luis Nogueira, he was number 15 at European Champs last year. Uh, he's been maybe the best Spaniard the last few years now before Alvaro Casado has taken over that spot. But he did not get selected for the World Cup because he did bad or just not good enough in the selection races, even if he probably has been the best Spanish orienteer and probably is the second best Spanish orienteer when it comes to forest races. Yeah, he has been uh, he's been showing his uh, shirt uh, for Ottenda and... Uh first uh, legs also in uh, the big relays um, the last years uh, been a stable uh, first leg runner for them uh, so and and that's in the nordic terrain so yeah um, but uh, if you have uh, quite clear uh, crit- criteria to select on uh, then you can't complain but uh, in orienteering it's not the time that uh, you also have this uh, subjective uh, in the selections so there will always be discussions yeah, and when we're talking about uh, yeah, you know, subjective selections, uh, I think that's a good transfer to the to the next topic we're talking about. Yeah, uh, yeah, you mean um, the injury of uh, Max Peterbemer or? Uh... No, I, I was more thinking general about the Swedish selection because here it would be a lot to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we can start with uh, just to mention that. Um... Uh, as I started with that, Max Petterbemer, he's injured uh, with a stress fracture in his back and he will be out for uh, at least four weeks, maybe eight weeks. And uh, yeah, he hopes to be back uh, running a short leg at Tiumila. And uh, just before the races this weekend, um, the young youngster, Hanna Lundberg, uh, also had to uh, step aside uh, with an injury uh, in her foot. And... Uh, I think that's more uh, to be on the safe side. So she hopes to be back uh, to the World Cup races. Uh, and uh, but uh, Max Peter Beimer, he he has to go all in for the uh, World uh, Champs selection races in Switzerland to qualify for the for the World uh, uh, Orienteering Champs team. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, do you think this? Uh, uh, Hanna Lundberg, uh, is uh, that uh, doing it uh, um, difficult for the selectors in Sweden? Or should we mention the results first? I think from a general perspective, I think Hanna Lundberg, she has performed so well internationally that if she is able to run and she says that her form is good, then they will select her even if she couldn't run the selection races. Uh, it's that's a benefit you have when you have been winning World Cup races and finishing in the top three in the overall World Cup. So 
I don't think uh, it makes it harder for the selectors, but I mean, it will be, she will need to take a yeah, decision in, in within a week if she is able to run or not. Uh, those who ran the selection races, it was uh, Colin Olson who won the middle distance uh, uh, on Saturday. Uh, just some seconds uh, she had uh, uh, ahead of Andrea Sanson. Uh, and uh, Johanna Riedefeldt uh, was number three, a uh, little less than one minute uh, behind. Uh, other, other things we can notice here is that uh, uh, Lina Strand, the experienced uh, runner, was number eight. And uh, yeah, maybe not so good, uh, uh, more than two minutes down. Yeah, it was a very close race. Uh, and it's really interesting because if you look just outside the top three, it's uh, some... Some outsider names there. Uh, in fourth place, you had Ellen Monson. That's maybe not a big surprise. Uh, but then in fifth place, you have Hilda Holmqvist Johansson, the first year elite runner that had a good JWO class there. Uh, in sixth place, you have Amanda Klein, also another young runner. Um, so running really, really well here. So these two runners are making the selection harder, as we will see when we jump to the long distance. Uh, yeah, uh, and I also like that... Uh... Uh, yeah, we see uh, the Nepo uh, baby is, is running good. Uh, like uh, Klein, we have um, we know the names of the uh, parents there. So yeah, um, and uh, in the men's class there were no big surprise um, when Gustav Bergman uh, won, but it was only eight seconds down to Anthony Johansson who has uh, shown really good shape uh, earlier this season in uh, New Shipping Orientation, especially. And uh, number three, Axel Anblad, uh, showing good, uh, good shape uh, here um, in his first really test as a senior, I would say. Uh, other things we can uh, notice here in the men's class. Yeah, so just behind Axel Anblad uh, for fourth place, we have Victor Svensk. Uh, really important for him to do a good selection race. Uh, in fifth place, we have Simon Imark shared with the veteran Oscar Sjöberg which maybe was the biggest surprise among the men in the top. Uh, he has been struggling for many years to, with injuries and yeah, not been competitive at the highest level, but now it looks like he's almost back to his old self. Uh, but yeah, I, as we will see later, I think it's not enough for a World Cup spot, but uh, it's a really, really good uh, sign for him to be back at this level. Um. I think, uh, is it he or uh, Rasmus Andersson they call uh, the old man in uh, Ukulene? Ah, that's Rasmus Andersson, but uh, Sjöbe, he is uh, also the same age. So. The same age, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he's the young old man. The young old man. Um, yeah, at least Karlin um, uh, Olsson, she was uh, showing a uh, strong um, shape uh, this weekend. She won a new... Uh, Race on uh, Sunday, a long distance, uh, 90 minutes there for the women's in Sweden. And uh, this time it was Ellen Monson, uh, a little more than one minute down. And uh, we have uh, Lina Strand, uh, uh, two minutes down. Uh, she was caught during the race uh, of uh, Colin Olson and maybe had an advantage of that one. Yeah, and then just behind her, Andrea Svensson with another good race uh, in fourth place. Uh, and then the veteran Alva Olsson in fifth, and then Amanda Klein with another good race in sixth place. Uh, so And quite close uh, in the women's class. Uh, 
number five, Alva Olsson, is less than three minutes behind. And that's, uh, yeah, that's uh, quite close in a 90-minute race. Uh, we should not uh, spread any rumors here, but uh, Andrea Svensson, is uh, she in this uh, three months effect uh, with good shape after uh, uh, after you are uh, falling in love or something? I have no idea. Now you have to enlighten me. Uh, there is... We are now the gossip pod. Yeah, there. Uh, I think there is uh, maybe... Um, Something, uh, uh, what you say, establishing between um, her and uh, a Norwegian runner in Ukulene who is named Lucas Liland. Yeah, that's a good gossip. Uh, yeah, you know, that's a classic example of the love boost, as it's called. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but from uh, gossip, we go to hard facts. <laughs> that's telling us that uh, Anthony Wanson straight back on uh, Bagman. Uh, on the long distance, uh, and um, yeah, he won uh, uh, a little less than one minute ahead of Bagman, and again, Almblad was number three. Uh, but the hair again, uh, there can be challenges. For no, it was uh, yeah, uh, some interesting names coming up there with Jonathan uh, Gustafsson yeah, so and Jakalisal in a shared fourth place, yes, and then Simon Imak in sixth place. So this will be very interesting. Um, and you know it's uh, quite kind of a funny weekend. You know it it feels like something is not right when Gustav Bergman only wins one out of two races in Sweden. Uh, normally in the spring he is untouchable, uh, but I think that says a lot about how how well Anton Johansson is running now, uh, but also how well the others are running because yeah, Axel Enbla is just over a minute behind Gustav Bergman in a ninety-minute long distance uh, in. April. That's really, really, really impressive. Uh, so it will be interesting to see the selections when they come out. Uh, now we are recording this Monday evening, so we, we are recording before we see the selections. So we have to we have to guess here, but I think, uh, yeah, of course, as always, ninety percent of the team is very, very easy, and then there are some discussions about the last few spots. Just, uh, just some um, uh, curiosity about the top three here. Uh... Uh, if you tell that uh, Bagman was the strongest guy of those uh, really talented uh, runners who came, uh, is born um, the same age as, as him in uh, 1990. Uh, Anton Johansson was also a really talented junior, uh, born in uh, 94. And uh, Alan Blood, he is uh, yeah, uh, born uh, 2002. And uh, yeah, uh, there was some discussions after this um, weekend's races if... Uh, if uh, Almblad was the biggest talent in uh, Swedish orienteering uh, since since uh, Bergman, but uh, someone mentioned that uh, maybe Anton Johansson was uh, yeah in between there uh, because he was also a really good junior who has struggled uh, many years now with injuries. Do you have any opinion on, uh, or take on that one? Uh, well, it's always hard to measuring uh, like the. The biggest talents because uh, yeah uh, in the end it, what's important is how good you become as a senior uh, but yeah all of them are junior world champions uh, none of them are individual world champions yet uh, we will see if that can change this year or if we have to wait a few more years uh, to see if Anton or Axel can do it uh, if not Gustav 
but uh, as uh, we are into um, Swedish uh, world champs uh, uh, winners, uh, I can uh, take a fun fact. Um, have you listened to the Oringen pod? Uh, not lately, no. No, but uh, then we can take a uh, uh, fun fact uh, from that pod. Since uh, Tuva Alexanderson started winning her uh, first uh, world champs gold medal in 2016, Sweden has been one winning uh, 22 gold medals in the um, world champs. How many of them is uh, uh, Tuva don't, uh, without Tuva uh, taking part? 22. How many Ooh. without uh, Tuva since uh, uh, at 20... World Championship in World Champs? Yeah. So, Jeskil Lissell won in 2016, but yeah, he won before Tuva. Yeah, but uh, we take uh, we take that. That's one of them. That's one of them. That's one of them. And then they have won the men's relay in Östfold and in Czech Republic. So that's two more. That's uh, then you have in total three. And uh, have they been winning a sprint relay without Tove, perhaps? That's, uh, if they don't have a sprint relay, I think it's only those three. Uh, IVK, Isak von Fritz. Ah, so course. it's four. So she has uh, that of those 22, Tove has um, taken part in 18 of them. So it's only four. So yeah. it's, um, yeah. Uh, they need to they need to step up the other uh, uh, guys or girls. But um, from uh, fun facts and facts to uh, yeah some more predictions as we like it to be uh, yeah uh, to predict some selections. So do you have anything uh, after these selection races in Sweden? Yeah. So uh, for Sweden they have nine spots for each of the races among the women because two is the reigning. Yeah, both because she's reigning world champion in middle and long, but she's also the reigning World Cup winner. So she has like two personal spots for herself. Uh, so they have nine spots in the in the forest races. And yeah, so I think Tove has to run both races long and middle. Caroline Olsen has to run both long and middle. Lisa Riesby should run both long and middle. The same for Hagström. Uh, definitely the same for Elin Monson and Andrea Svensson after the selection races. Uh, and then I think Lina Strand gets to run both uh, because she has some good results from earlier and now she was on the podium on the long distance here. And then the question mark is uh, Hanna Lundberg. If she can run both of them, I think she will be selected for both of them. Um, if she doesn't want to run both or maybe she only wants to run the middle because she's a bit unsure about uh, her form then she will be able to run that and that will affect last spots uh, I think Johanna Riedfeldt definitely should be in for the middle distance and maybe the long distance depending on Lundberg uh, I think Amanda Klein should get her World Cup debut two times top six this weekend uh, it, I will be disappointed if they don't select her um, and then as the last spot potentially depending on Hanna Lundberg is Hilde Holmqvist Johansson uh, which could potentially be selected but not uh, not get to run a distance. Maybe they send her as a reserve in place. They have entered 11 girls, so they have a lot of spots to fill. Yeah, and if we um, jumping, uh, was it your, uh, just uh, one comment, was it your Södertälje uh, heart to talk for uh, Klein? In the <laughs> yeah, you know, 
when I moved to Ceretalia in 2011, so she was 11 back then, and her father, he was the coach of the of the men's team when we won Tiumila back in 2016. And yeah, I mean, I've been following her since she was 11 and seen her progress all the way. So, of course, I have a, 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 a big soft spot for her and I hope that she gets uh, her chance here. But I think it's well-deserved. Two times top six in selection races, you can't do much better than that when you're a young runner without uh, yeah experience from the national team before uh no it's uh, really exp- uh, impressive but it's uh, really also really tough to to uh, getting into the swedish uh, world cup team um so yeah and in the men's class we have some uh, predictions also of course yeah i think uh, it's as always very easy to select most of the team, uh, like Gustav Bergman, Martin Regborn, Emil Svensk, Albin Riedfeldt, they were pre-selected. Uh, from the selection races, I mean, Anton Johansson definitely has to run. Axel Enba has to run. Uh, I think all of these will get to run long and middle if they want to. Uh, but maybe, for example, Albin Riedfeldt, he can, he can be one of those guys that maybe thinks ah, he wants to go all in for the middle distance and therefore he doesn't run long distance. That could open up some spaces. Um, and I think Simon Imart, he's borderline getting to run both long and middle. Uh, I think Victor Svensk will only get to run the middle distance. And then it can be open spot for the long distance for Isa von Kusenskjerna. Uh, he was beaten by Jerke and Jonathan Gustafsson on the long distance, but he has some good international results. He was in the top six of the last long distance at the World Cup in Davos. Uh, I think they will look at him as a strong contender to take a spot in the long distance for the World Championship. And therefore, I think they will pick him ahead of Jerke or Lucello, Jonathan Gustafsson. Uh, but we will see what uh, Håkan Karlsson, Anne Ljösberg and Kalle Dahlin and all those uh, comes up with when they publish the selections. Yeah, it will be really exciting. And, uh, and uh, But I, I mean, um, uh, it was maybe not so smart uh, for the product as we like to say the product swedish league to pre-select so much runners uh, for the swedish team because then they uh, traveled to norway to run in norway during this uh, weekend Uh, but they were running good yeah it was a good weekend for the swedish runners in in norway Uh, no surprise Uh, so if we start with the uh, with the middle distance on saturday uh, there was a yeah, Norwegian Cup race, Norwegian selection races, uh, but also the entire Swiss team was there. Tuva Alexandersson was there, and some other Swedish runners were there, and some Estonian runners and so on. Um, so really, really good start field. And then next to the Norwegian Cup races, there were also selection races for Finland and Denmark, and but they were running in a separate class. So we will we will go through the like the official class with the Norwegian Cup and the Norwegian selection races first, and then have a look at the at the Danish and Finnish selections. Yeah, and uh, to Valexanderson, uh, she had uh, some uh, troubles with her Achilles or something uh, during the autumn, but uh, it uh, looks like that's uh, no problem uh, anymore. She was no. really clearly in uh, Saturday's race. Yeah, so on the middle distance, she won with almost two minutes out of Tuneberg-Julia. Uh, Simone Ebersholl in third was just behind there, and then Andrine Benjaminsen was fourth and second-best Norwegian uh, after a really, really tough winter. Um, some 
solid performances further down. Ingrid Lundanes was fifth, Marianne Andersen was sixth. Uh, the European champs silver medalist Evely Kasiklu, she was seventh. A really good race in tough, tough Nordic terrain here. Uh, so she is also competitive in, yeah, in different terrains at home in Estonia. And we have this uh, interesting uh, junior Pia Jungvik uh, at uh, ninth spot in the race, uh, and uh, that's giving her uh, is it she sixth, sixth, in... sixth among the Norwegians? Yeah. So uh, that could be exciting. What uh, selectors will do with her if they will uh, put a junior in the team? Uh, yeah, uh, we can uh, see what uh, uh, even national predicts uh, later on. Um, there is no, um, no, um, no doubt that uh, the winner in the men's race, Eskil Schöneberg, will be in the team. He won, uh, yeah, Cosmo uh, Fosso had the second best, but he had a bad punch at one control and uh, was uh, disqualified. So it was uh, Sweden with Emil Svensk at the second uh, position and Gauta Steva number three there, a uh, uh, little, little more than one minute down. And it was quite tight uh, after that. Yeah, it was really close. And uh, among the top 11, it was less than two minutes. And uh, there was also a few other runners that could have been running into this time gap, but they were disqualified, like Kasper Fosse, you mentioned, uh, for a, a bad punching. And then there was quite a lot of good runners that mispunched the third last control with the control that was like 50 meters away. Um, so a lot of good runners got the, their race ruined there, uh, but that's a part of the game. Yeah, definitely. We had some discussions about uh, that, uh, and uh, yeah, uh, there is uh, there is uh, also <laughs> so those uh, those numbers. Uh, beside telling uh, that uh, we have these uh, numbers that telling you are in the right control if you are unsure. So. And you have to check there. So you have no uh, others to uh, complain uh, when you are disqualified, I think. Um, no. One uh, who had no, not, not much to complain about this weekend was uh, Tuva Alexanderson. Again, in the long distance, uh, she was uh, best. And uh, now it was one minute down to an interesting name this season. Uh, a new, should we say. Swiss runner Natalia Gampola, who has uh, changed uh, her nationality from Russian to uh, Switzerland in front of this uh, season. She was number two. And uh, also interesting number three here. What do you say? Yeah, so Marianne Andersen, uh, 42, 43. Uh, she's born, uh, yeah, she, uh, she will be 43 this year. 43 years old this year. And Two minutes behind to Alexanderson in a in a long distance race. That's quite uh, quite quite unbelievable and really really impressive. And she's the best Norwegian girl with three and a half minutes. So yeah, I think she was hard done last year when she was not selected for European champs. Uh, I think uh, it's impossible for them to not select her for for the World Cup this year. So Marianne Andersen, she is back in the Norwegian national team. Uh, it's also uh, worth mentioning that uh, uh, when uh, Gampola were running uh, together with uh, Lisa Risby for quite a while, uh, Marianne Andersen was uh, starting uh, a totally other end of the start field, uh, uh, doing uh, yeah, uh, 
and she was uh, almost back home in uh, Kristiansand when uh, Tove was in the finish. So uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, there was uh, there is it's not uh, the same uh, yeah uh, circumstances in that race. Uh, but we can go also through uh, a bit more because I think this can be interesting uh, or challenging uh, for the selector. So what do you think? Yeah, I th- I think the long distance for the women is not that hard because uh, yeah I think in one way it's a bit boring but in another way it's also really good to see that the best runners are the ones that are performing the best because yeah so if we go down the next Norwegians after Maran Andersen is Anne Dirkorn, Tone Lie, Kaja Norhagen, Victoria Hestebjørnstad, Ingrid Lundanes, Andrine Benjaminsen. All of them are the, among those you should expect to be in the top eight of the Norwegians and be the ones that are qualifying for the for the World Cup. Uh, so, yeah, uh, not too not too surprising here actually. No 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 real surprises actually. Uh, Simon Ivesol, the number eleven. Uh, is it uh, heavy legs after a tough uh, training week in uh, Norway, or um, do you have any take on that one? Yeah, that's it's an interesting one because she. Yeah, when the where the Swiss selection races uh, two weeks ago, then she was uh, her health were not really great, and she was also very far down the result list there. Uh, and then it seems like she's been dragging on a bit with the health issues a bit, uh, but mostly, as you say, she has been training with the Swiss team. They've been in uh, in Norway the whole week, and yeah. I think she, uh, she wrote on Strava that she'd been doing 100 kilometers of orienteering this week. So um, then it's, yeah, that's uh, one of the reasons maybe why it's a bit slower than you would expect. But I, there is no need to be worried. She was really good in the middle distance. She was uh, on the podium there. Uh, so I, I would not be worried about her form for, for the World Cup. Uh, one who has uh, not anything to complain on in the form uh, either is uh, Emil Svansk. Uh, he, he, I think he had a, yeah, maybe uh, Matthias Kibots uh, could compare, but uh, Emil Svensk looked like he had a really high running speed uh, this weekend and uh, a bit more, a bit too much uh, mistakes on Saturday, but uh, on the Sunday uh, he was uh, the best. Yeah, Emil is uh, really impressive at the moment. Um... A good middle distance, but uh, even better long distance. Uh, he made some small mistakes, but uh, still, still the fastest. And he won 20 seconds out of Kasper Foster. And then Matthias Kubuts was one and a half minute down. And then Martin Regborn in fourth place was three minutes down. Uh, and he got caught by him and Svenskin never running together. But just for the last part of the race, I think. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, uh, that was a bit advantage uh, for them there. Uh, interesting to see that Elias Jonsson is the second best of the Norwegian runners in the fifth place here. Uh, then he's uh, clearly in the uh, World Cup team. Yeah, and uh, also a really good long distance from Albin Riedefeldt that is in sixth place. Uh, normally Albin is clearly better in middle distance races, so now that he's so close to the best in a, in a long distance, that's a really good sign for him. And then as with the girls, it's uh, very predictable among the Norwegian men as well. So behind Elias Jonsson, you have Erik Langedal-Dreivik, Kova Eidsmo, Gerte Steve. And then like the big surprise of the of the long distance race with the, the Youngs under Arntzen. Uh, so 10th place and 7-6 of the Norwegians. Uh, so he is definitely going to be into the 
into the World Cup team after beating Lucas Leland and Eski Schinnebe, for example. Um, so he he's maybe the, the biggest surprise of the weekend, um, Sander Arntzen. Um, uh, uh, Magne Dahlin. He yeah, <laughs> stepped, stepped aside uh, in the long distance and had a DNF there. That could be a challenge also for the selectors. Yeah, I think Magne had a, he had a really he had a good middle distance. He was in the seventh place and was just like just over a minute behind. So that race was a big step forward for him uh, and should give him some confidence. Uh, and I hope that the confidence is not completely shattered by the long distance. Uh, it seemed like uh, it was, yeah, he was not looking to be mentally in the right place because he had a big, big mistake on the first control, a big, big mistake just a few controls later. And yeah, when he had been running half an hour, he was caught with eight minutes by Albin Riedfeldt and he was missing and missing and missing. And then I think he, he, uh, he did not finish. He quit at the arena passage or something like that. And yeah. Uh, uh, he was really far behind, and I, I heard some, you know, some of those younger national team runners. They were joking about uh, saying that the uh, Magne he was even behind you, Eva. So no wonder why he quit. Yeah, but I saw that uh, Joey Hadorn was uh, uh, behind you uh, in the end. So yeah. No, Joey. Uh, Joey was behind me in the middle distance, but in the long distance, he beat me with forty seconds. Ah, okay. Yeah, it was uh, quite tight, but uh, yeah, it was tight. Yeah, so it's that's where, where I am at the where my standing is in the result list. I I enjoy to beat those who have horrible days, because those are the ones I can beat. Uh, but about uh, Magne, we know that uh, he uh, performed uh, quite uh, good when it was. Uh, World champs in Östfold uh, four years ago, as you know, and he got a medal there in the middle. So, yeah, he he will be at least selected for a middle distance, I think. Uh, which other predictions uh, can we uh, yes. pick up the, of the pocket? So we can start with the men. Uh, as as here it will be, as with the Swedish team, there will be most guys will run both the long and the middle. So Kasper Fosse, Eskil Kineberg, Lukas Lilang, Gerti Stavey, Hova Eidsmo. And then the Anthony do Langedal Breivik and Elias Jonsson. So that's seven guys. Um, and also here, Norway has nine spots as Kasper Foss is the reigning World Cup winner. So that means there's two more spots. And Sander Arntzen definitely have one for long distance. Uh, Magne Daly definitely have one for uh, for middle. And I think they will give Magne Daly also a spot on the long. Uh, and then I think the last spot for middle distance will be to another surprise of the weekend, actually, uh, Howard Wedige from Halden Club. Uh, he was doing really, really well in the middle distance. He was number eight of the Norwegians. Uh, and he also did a really good long distance. I think he was like number 10 or something among the Norwegians. So I think he should get his national team debut. Uh, and then the question is like, if they put Magne Daly only on the middle distance, then maybe Sander Arntzen gets to run both long and middle. And that could open up for Isaac Jonsson, for example. But I think it will be Magne Daly for both races and then Sander Arntzen for long and Håvard Wedege for middle. Uh, is Håvard uh, Wedege the best uh, Norwegian runner at the moment? Uh... I mean, he was in the weekend, uh, but I, I think yeah, Magne Daly was better than him in the middle distance. And I think that Magne Daly is still yeah, good enough to 
to perform well at the long distance as well. There is no reason for him to not be able to perform well. So, yeah, I would I would be surprised if Howard Wiedegger runs the last leg for Halden at Jumila and not Magne Daly, if that answers your question. Yeah, that's the answer of my <laughs> questions. So, uh, yeah. Uh, did you did, Do we have the team uh, for the women's also there? Yeah, uh, so the women, they have only eight spots for each race. Uh, but yeah, Amrine Benjaminsen will run both. Uh, I think Marie Olausen will run both. She did not run this weekend. I'm not sure if he was sick or something. Maybe you have some intel there. Yeah, there is uh, some, uh, some uh, pain in uh, the, the foot. But uh, she will hope to run the world. It's uh, like, uh, as I understood, it's uh, like uh, Hanna Lundberg who hopes to be back uh, when uh, the World Cup starts. Yeah. Yeah, but those kind of you know foot injuries like that. Sometimes it's a week, sometimes it's a month. So hopefully it will be a week and not a month this time. Uh, and she so, but yeah, I predict her to be in the team, and then we take it from there. So Anne Dyrkorn the same, um, Victoria Björnstad the same, Ingrid Lundanes the same, Tony Lee, and Marianne Andersen. So that's the seven girls that get to run boat races. And then I think uh, Kaya Nurhagen deserves to run the long distance. She had a good long distance race and then there's one open spot for the middle distance which is very interesting because uh, Pia Youngwik the junior is definitely one candidate for this spot and yeah if you just just looking at the result uh, then she should be that candidate for that spot uh, the main candidate uh, but another option is that they they let Camilla Stever run I was surprised positively surprised by her uh, race in the middle distance it's the first race in almost two years uh, because of injuries and then pregnancy and now she's back and she was not that far behind and I think with two more weeks she should be even better uh, so I think perhaps they say that ah, Pia you're a junior you will, your time will come and then we we need to get Camilla back in back into the circus again for the world championship uh, and therefore I think they will pick Camilla Stable. Yeah, and uh, yeah, maybe yeah, uh, maybe she can only run the middle also, and not uh, so uh, yeah to be on the safe side there. Uh, but uh, yeah, we will know uh, later uh, this week. Yeah. And what we at least know is that uh, Marika Tani was the best in the class uh, where uh, the Finnish runners and the Danish runner were competing. Uh, Tani, she got a medal when uh, it was World Champs in Australia. This time she was best in the selection races ahead of uh, the veteran uh, Van La Hoyo. And then it was Mia Nittinen, number three. And it was quite tight from there on. Yeah, it was a quite tight race. Uh, like the sixth best finish. Uh, the sixth best was within one minute and 40 seconds. Uh, so, But the experienced runners first with Taini, Hoyo and Nittinen. And then the young Anna Hata. Or she's not that young anymore. Uh, it's a long time now since she was a, a junior star. Uh, but she is compared to the others, she is still young. Uh, good race for her, fourth place, definitely into the World Cup team with that. Then in fifth place, we had Miritan Odum, the best Dane, uh, clearly the best Dane, more than two minutes ahead of Lotta Jaui Arvi Markusen, uh, and then some more Finns between them. Uh, I think the standout of, of these are Evalina Oyanau, the 18 year old this year. She was number seven of the Finnish girls, and yeah, so. Technically, she is definitely in the in the discussion for a spot for the World Cup team, uh, even if she had a 
a slightly worse uh, position in the in the in the long distance the following day. Um, yeah, it was um, tight in the women's race there, uh, and uh, I think it will be challenging to select a Finnish men's team uh, uh, after uh, if you should uh, look at the middle distance. Uh, and here we know that uh, Mika Kirmula was uh, disqualified for uh, what we mentioned earlier, uh, uh, punching wrong uh, depression. Uh, uh, so it was Tupi Söjelainen who won here. Yeah, ahead of Elias Kuka and Eto Savolainen. And then, the, uh, for me, a big surprise in fourth place with Alexis Orsa, the Tampere Purinter guy. Uh, and then the young Tuka Seppa was uh, fifth place. And then you mentioned uh, Kirmula. He was disqualified, but of course, he will be running the middle distance for Finland in the World Cup. And the same with uh, Ole Oyanao, even if he was only number 13 in this race. And then, yeah, the Danes, you have to scroll down in the result list quite a bit. Uh, so I'm not sure. I, do you have the name of who was the fastest Danish on the middle distance? I think Marius Tranodum was the second fastest, but I don't have it uh, quite on my tongue who was the fastest one. Uh, no, uh, n- not me either. But uh, we know, uh, we can notice that um, it was uh, Alex Hanneson and Schindenberg who had the fastest uh, times per K in this uh, middle distances here. Uh, uh, at least, and uh, yeah, uh, comparable courses in the same terrain, so yeah, uh, and uh, as yeah, are... so just to break in there, with, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 was number 13, so number 13 of the Finns, and then in place 14, we find the best Danish runner, and that was Emil Öbro. Uh, he was like eight seconds or ten seconds or something like that ahead of. Marius Tranödum uh, as the second best Danish. So Marius Tranödum, he's like one of the yeah was was it's really we talked about him a few mo- months ago I think when we said he was in the third third or fourth wave of comeback. So I guess we as the second best Danish here in the middle distance, I expect him to be selected for the World Cup. Yeah, he he is also uh, he's uh, not a ju- junior world winner, but uh, junior world champs winner, but he has a medal from. Uh... Uh, 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 2012 in uh, Kusice in Slo- Slovakia. Yeah, uh, he, will, he will. He will not win a medal at World Champs this year, at least. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, he's the second best Danish in the middle distance uh, selection race, so he should be able to run the the World Cup. Uh, I think. Uh, yeah, because all the best Danes are here except his younger brother. Uh, yeah. I don't know why he is not running. I have not heard anything about Søren Tranødum. No, uh, n- not me either, uh, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, what we know is that uh, Maya Siano had a uh, quite uh, much better race in the long distance and she was winning there ahead of Anu Tumisto, who is uh, living in Norway, competing for Anta-Anui. And here it was uh, Marika Taini, number three. Yeah, and then some more veterans like Venla Hager was number four and Saila Kinney was number five. Uh, and then Anna Hata with another good race in the top six. And also here it was really close. Uh, like the nine best runners were within three minutes. Uh, Evalina Oyanao, she was number 11, uh, but only four minutes behind. And that's that's really, really good for an 18-year-old. And what's for a junior is a really, really, really long distance race with a winning time of 77 minutes. So she was running for more than 80 minutes. And as a junior, you don't often compete those lengths. 
And here we have uh, the Danish runners and at uh, p uh, position number 19, 22 and 23, the top three of them uh, with uh, yeah, seven and uh, from seven to nine minutes down on the winner. It was uh, Hedvig Valbjörn Gidesen uh, was best of the Danish runners. Uh, Cecilia Friberg-Klusner was uh, number two of them. And uh, maybe a bit uh, disappointing, Miri Tranerum uh, was... Uh, third best of the Danish runners and uh, number 23 in the uh, totally result list here in this uh, class. Mm. Yeah, they were a bit a bit down the result list, the Danish girls. I think uh, it's no surprise when Mirit van Odum doesn't have a, her, a, a great race. Uh, I think she is the, the only one of the Danish girls that are really competitive in the forest races at the top, top international level. Um, so I think, yeah, it's no surprise that the Finnish girls have a lot of them before the best Danish girls, uh, unfortunately for the Danes. I saw uh, Tue Larsen, the national team coach, uh, he was quoted on that uh, this uh, terrain was not so relevant uh, uh, for the World Cup and it was not what they prepared for with so, uh, so much diffuse, diffuse uh, green areas and so on. But uh, should take what you get in the competitions and perform uh, uh, anyhow. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, of course, the terrain is not that similar, but it's also not that dissimilar. So I think uh, for those runners who did good this weekend, uh, they should have confidence that they can also do good in the World Cup terrain. It's not like, oh, it's something completely different. And uh, one guy who was straight back after a disqualified race... Um, in the middle distance, Mika Kirmule, who was uh, clearly the best uh, among the men in this uh, class on a long distance. Uh, yeah. yeah, quite good uh, performance there. Yeah, and here it was uh, some bigger gaps among the men. So Oleo and Ao, he was second, two minutes behind. Topi Sirelainen was third, three minutes behind. Axel Rula was fourth, he was four minutes behind. And Alexis Oxa with another good race, he was almost five minutes behind. So, And then you have Kuka in sixth place, so... Really good runners that lost quite a bit of time to Mika Kirmula here. And his time was very, very comparable with the time of Emil Svens uh, in the other class. So very, very impressive run by Kirmula. And definitely a reason to put, the, put a line under his name when we're looking for the World Cup in two weeks' time. So he had uh, put a donut uh, around his mouth, uh, the same as the coach Thierry. Maybe it's uh, like that you have to have to... Do in Finland to get in the get in the national team now nowadays. Uh, yeah, you know I can't wait to see Oli Oyana with the donut around his mouth. Uh, that would be that would be quite something. Uh, 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 to get get an exception, you have to be um, yeah, performing really good. Uh, but uh, there was um, actually a bit uh, shout out to the best Dane here. I think um, first year senior Aspian Koltoft. He was best of the Danish runner. Even if it was not high up in the list, I think that was a good performance of him. Yeah, like if you look at it individually, I think for a first year elite runner, it's a good performance to be 13 minutes behind Kirmula in that long distance. And he was yeah the fastest Dane. So he should definitely get another chance uh, to run long distance in this kind of terrain uh, at the World Cup. Uh, but yeah, as collectively, the Danish men's team are quite far away from the top. 
uh, unfortunately. Uh, when yeah, when they're missing Sören Van Odum, they don't have anyone that realistically can fight for a top top ten or even a top twenty at the at the World Cup. Uh, but we can uh, notice that uh, Kirmola and Svensk uh, was running uh, same speed uh, this race, and uh, yeah, and then uh, then you know that uh, Kirmola has the speed to yeah to uh, get a uh, podium uh, in the World Cup. Uh, and uh, for the Finnish runners, uh, we uh, we saw uh, when it was world uh, world champs in Oslo that they can uh, be in the podium also yeah um, more than uh, just Kirmola. Yeah, and um, I think uh, Kirmula, of course, is a really, really strong contender for the World Cup. Some of the girls, Taini, Hario, Siana, and then they are also very, very interesting. Uh, but I guess the, yeah, it's no surprise that the, most likely on the women's side it will be Tove versus the rest. Uh, on the men's side, it looks to be mostly Sweden versus Norway, uh, the Swiss team. Yeah, they have been training the whole week, so maybe that can explain a little bit of the the lack of results this week. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, Simon Abelfeld had a good middle distance. Gempel had a good long distance. Daniel Hubman had a good middle distance, and Matthias Kubus had a good long distance. But yeah, behind those, it was quite thin and quite big time margins, uh, and a lot of quite good runners. They were making. Big big mistakes, uh, like Joey Hardon, for example, he was struggling. Uh, Fabian Abersold, he was uh, running only the middle distance, but he was struggling. He will be back for the World Cup, and also some of the girls like Elena Ross were not performing at the top top level, uh, making too many mistakes. So it will be interesting to see if, uh, yeah, uh, maybe the Swiss team has had too much focus on the World Champs. If you can say that you can have too much focus on the World Champs, but uh, maybe. They are not prepared well enough for for the, the World Cup round one. Uh, but uh, you know that uh, when uh, everyone has uh, most focused on the World Champs, but uh, like the Norwegian, the Finnish, and the Swedes, they uh, have this uh, Nordic terrain in their body, so to say. So they don't need any special preparation. So they can uh, can do that on the on the yeah from uh, back uh, back of their. Uh, Head uh, and the Swiss runners need to, uh, yeah, to some extra trainings to, to uh, be uh, comparable in this uh, terrain. So uh, maybe they will suffer for that this in the World Cup. But uh, anyhow, the World Champs is the most important this uh, season. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good, uh, good explanation. Uh, it's now it's four years since the World Championship in Ostpol, uh, and since then we had, yeah. Two seasons more or less destroyed by COVID. We had a full sprint season last year. So as you said, for yeah, the the Swiss top runners, they have not been prioritizing going to the Nordic terrains the last few years. And yeah, the, this year the World Championship at home ground is clearly the most important. So it makes sense for them to train on yeah running in the Swiss mountain slopes uh, as fast as possible and not running in the Norwegian marshes. Yeah, but uh, there will um, not be uh, Norwegian march- marches uh, uh, marching on <laughs> next uh, week. Uh, they, we have some interesting races to look at uh, also uh, uh, this uh, weekend. Uh, in Finland, they will have uh, the season start now uh, in Finn Spring. Yeah, so on Saturday, there's a world ranking race. Uh, 
individual race and then on sa- Sunday the the fin spring relay uh, with, which is like the first race of the of the of the VSD Liga um, so that will be like the season start of the Finnish relay league uh, so now really the season kicks off in Finland uh, after the selection races um, and I think we can expect some some good start fields in the individual race and also to see the Finnish clubs really, really prepared and ready to go for the relays. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. It will be uh, it will be a long uh, uh, pre uh, pre season before at Umila this year, and uh, but we have to watch out uh, for the relay. And there, there is a relay also in Sweden with high prestige uh, coming up uh, this weekend. Yeah, the traditional Stigtomta Kavlen will be held in the weekend. Uh, so it's a, a relay with both night legs and day legs. Uh, this year it's the, also night legs for the women for the first time. Uh, I guess this year it's not that special for the women. because But next year when there will be night legs at Tiumila, I think uh, a relay like Stigtomta that offers the women a test to run a night relay before Tiumila, I think it will be really, really good for the participation number. Uh, and I think for the start list, it looks interesting. All the top clubs from Sweden are there. Uh, so it will be a very good test before Tiumila. Uh, of course, we don't know if all the best runners from each club will run. But uh, for those who are maybe not running the World Cup, but are aiming to take a spot in the Tiumila team, this weekend is really, really important for them. I know that uh, Matthias Kivos is not running for uh, Tiumila, at least. No, for example, he will not be going in. Yeah, maybe I I doped Emil Svensk will go for Sturatuna and stuff like that. Maybe Gustav Eman goes because he loves the relays. Uh, but we will see when the when the uh, team selections comes up in the in the in the week. Uh, so one really really interesting team was entered already. Uh, Bredarid with Axel Elmblad on the last leg. Uh, they have a a new runner this year. A very very Merited runner, world champion. Can you guess who? Uh, world champion. Um, yes. Swedish world champion. So it's not that many to pick from. Oh, that's uh, not so many. Uh, now I can take it uh, from the top of my head. You have to. Yeah. Uh... Johan He will be running for Bredarids this year in the relay. So very strong addition to a. Uh, Quite interesting team. They have some really good runners. Emil Auxelius, for example, that ran one of the fastest time at the long night last year and some other good young runners. So Bredarids, maybe not the team to look out for at Tiumila, but for Jukola and definitely for Stigtum and It will be interesting to see how they do in strong competition against 75 other teams. Uh, yeah, it will be interesting. And we will go through this and analyze that in uh, next week's episode. But uh, do you have any hot or not this weekend? I suspect so. Yeah, we, as I mentioned earlier, we go out with, from this episode with a hot from uh, updating from orienteering in Georgia. Uh, we had uh, Peter Molloy here uh, a couple of weeks ago talking about he, how he had been involved in setting up some orienteering activity during his language studies in Georgia. And... Now he is telling us that they have set up an Instagram page. Uh, so we will share this page on our Instagram. So if you're following Eva National or Intuitive Podcast on Instagram, you will be able to find the Instagram account of Sakak Velo or Intuitive. Uh, 
the orienteering club of Georgia. And um, we also recommend if you have any orienteers that you mean uh, uh, is uh, is uh, a Hall of Fame worthy, you should uh, send us a shout out uh, on either Instagram uh, direct message or to the email evennational podcast at gmail.com and uh, uh, you can um, hear us again in one week thanks for uh, now and uh, do a good of orienteering running in the upcoming week bye bye Mannen drar ut och löper orientering Med kart och kompass och med räktiga sko Siktas och gar är det bästa notering För kroppen var lätt och god Ivo National Orienteering Podcast Mapping Compass, Navigation Skill Orienteering Competition Jag har mött nog jävligt på Boston här uppe Running like a motherfucker Ivo National Orienteering Podcast